Top Stories of the Week Labour Labours Laboriously Also Protesters Protesting Protestations And Sky News Continues Obsessing Over ABC So Hard You Think They Have a Crush This Is News Weekly And I Left My Scarf At Jake Gyllenhaal's Place I'm Sammy Shah and welcome to News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Fibre to the failure news now. With the announcement of the next federal election imminent, the opposition Labour Party has unveiled their grand strategy. The announcement came right after the latest news poll, which showed Anthony Albanese as preferred Prime Minister for the first time ever. For the first time, Scott Morrison has fallen behind Anthony Albanese in the areas of trust, likability and understanding the major issues of concern for most Australians. The latest news poll shows Labor would win government if we went to the polls today. Yeah, we know what happened the last time the polls showed that. So Labour has to do this carefully. They need a strategy that will capture the hearts and minds of Australians, speak to our concerns, ease our struggles and inspire our imaginations. What have they come up with then? Is it a cogent and detailed plan to address climate change and our dependency on fossil fuels? Or could it be an increase to New Start? Or maybe finally addressing the housing crisis? Oh, I know, what about coming up with a plan to help all those people who lost jobs during the extended lockdowns? Maybe more nuanced border control policies? Immigration? Covid? Economics? Which of these major issues that majority of Australians have repeatedly stated as top of their mind when it comes to the future of the country will Labour be addressing? Here's Labour leader and Oompa Loompa impersonator Anthony Albanese announcing their new strategy. Scott Morrison has declared that we're in an election campaign. Well, that's a campaign that Labour welcomes. You know what? There's a joke to be made here about how maybe Labour shouldn't welcome elections given how often they lose them, but I'm not going to make it. It's too easy. Okay, just one. Labour welcoming an election is like Sisyphus welcoming the chance to roll a rock uphill again. See, I went highbrow. You all thought I'd say something crass, like uh, Labour should welcome elections about as much as Barnaby Joyce should welcome an STD exam. Or perhaps that Labour should welcome elections as much as migrants in the safe seat of Fowler welcomed popular Vietnamese-Australian Christina Keneally. You know, stuff like that. I, but I wouldn't do that. It's not funny anyway, because it's, well, true. Because what elections do is determine the future direction of Australia. And what we know is that we have a government that's scared of the present and terrified of the future when it comes to embracing new technology. Here we go. It's going to be an announcement about renewable energy solutions, solar and wind power commitments, phasing out coal and gas, carbon capture, baby. Scott Morrison is part of a government which, when they came into office in 2013, having said that fibre-based national broadband network was a waste of money, set about dismantling it. They set about replacing fibre to the home and business with a hybrid model, including copper. Wait, what? What the fuck are you talking about, my dude? Copper? National Broadband Network? 
Surely not. And that's why we will set about uh, repairing this government's broken system of the National Broadband Network. Today we're announcing the upgrade for those who want higher speed broadband in up to one and a half million homes and businesses. This will cost $2.4 billion. Okay, so at this point, Labour is hoping to win, what, the 2010 federal election? Because that's the last time they won an election, so they're hoping the same strategy will work again? What else are Labour going to fight for? Bringing back season one of Game of Thrones? Singing along to Katy Perry's firework? Also, the audio on that announcement by Anthony Albanese being so bad isn't my fault. That's taken directly from the official Anthony Albanese YouTube page. So we're supposed to trust Labour to fix the internet when they can't even upload a YouTube clip with proper audio quality. Gallows humour news now. Protests continued in Melbourne during the week, with a mob of tradies, hairstylists and gym instructors continuing to express their political awakening as inspired by 4chan, YouTube conspiracies and Joe Rogan's podcast. You couldn't see a square inch of the road, tram tracks or footpaths beneath a sea of frustrated Victorians stretching for blocks down Burke Street. What concerns me? Well, personal freedom, personal movement, medical apartheid. Self-proclaimed, undisputed, lockdown champion of the world, Mr Dan Andrews. There's an election coming and they'll, they'll have to answer to all these people. A fact not lost on Craig Kelly or Bernie Finn. We have all had a gutful. To the brave victims and survivors of satanic ritual abuse. The most notable part of the protest was someone bringing along a literal gallows, several nooses and making threats to hang the Premier Daniel Andrews. I look forward to the day I get to see you dance on the end of a rope, you evil Look, I love a protest as much as the next guy. I've even burnt a few effigies in my time. It's practically a rite of passage in Pakistan as you go from a young protester demanding later bedtimes at home to a grown-up protester demanding just treatment of minorities. But bringing a noose and gallows, not a great look. That's a pretty direct threat. Especially in a country where people were frightened by Adam Goods tossing an imaginary spear. The controversy is around Daniel Andrews' new pandemic bill. Victoria Premier Daniel Andrews has reached a late-night agreement with three crossbenchers to amend his proposed pandemic laws. The state government has made several changes to the very controversial bill, including the Premier retaining the power to declare a pandemic, but would require reasonable grounds to do so. Public health advice relating to any restrictions would need to be published within seven days. An oversight committee to consider pandemic orders once they're made. And maximum penalties for failing to comply have been halved. Now, the latest amendments to the bill watered down the powers Daniel Andrews was seeking. But the original version was not a great look particularly for a guy that a lot of people have taken to call dictator. But that was negotiated down by crossbenchers like Reason Party's Fiona Patton. In the last two weeks, we've been able to negotiate legislation that is now even better than where we started from. And Greens leader Samantha Ratnam. We weren't able to secure um, everything that we asked for and we put on the negotiating table. We weren't able to secure the government's support for a range of things, including the external detention. But we'll certainly be asking them questions about it. And we really welcome the debate. It's such an important part of the work that we do. 
So, not really much of a negotiation then. And many lawyers, analysts and critics of the state government feel the bill is still putting too much power into the hands of the Premier. So, the protesters might have a point. If you can find it between all the conspiracy theories and sudden political awakenings as expressed in homemade gallows. Except where there's a noose, there tends to be some dangerous far-right idiot with a 3D-printed gun or homemade bomb. Which is probably why the police have already arrested one man who threatened to shoot Daniel Andrews, and another who's been charged with incitement. They belong to active neo-Nazi groups and even face allegations of distributing child sexual abuse material. Who saw that coming? Who could have possibly predicted that the protesters inspired by the American QAnon movement then incorporated weird anti-vax stuff and are now demanding the Premier be hanged might not be led by the most rational of individuals? Some of those individuals, by the way, belong to a far-right neo-Nazi group called Reignite Democracy Australia, which has reportedly been linked to Craig Kelly and Clive Palmer's United Australia Party. Why is it that psychotic and racist groups with a tendency towards violence and conspiracies always have names that are so aggressively weird? Reclaim Australia, Reignite Democracy Australia, United Australia Party, One Nation, Liberal Party, Sky News After Dark, you know, crazy shit like that. Surely this should be easy to condemn for the Prime Minister, right? Just get out there, say the protesters are bad. Bad protesters, bad, naughty, bad. Of course, those those threats and intimidation has no place in Australia. We're a civil, peaceful society. Where we have disagreements, we don't handle them with violence. And there can be no tolerance for that. Yeah, that's good, that's good. Now just say thank you and walk away from the mic. Of course, there are many people who are feeling frustrated. I mean, over the last couple of years, governments have been telling Australians what to do. What? Shut up! You're the government. You are the government. You've been telling Australians what to do. But now it's time for governments to step back and for Australians to take their lives back and for Australians to be able to move forward with the freedoms. What does that even mean? How are you saying so many things without actually saying anything of meaning at all? Um, Our position on mandatory vaccines, for example, is in very specific circumstances. We're not in favour of mandatory vaccines imposed by the government. Businesses can make their own choices under the law, but we're not about telling them what to do or telling Australians what to do. But the government does impose mandatory vaccines. If you don't vaccinate your kids, they can't get into public or private schools. If you refuse to vaccinate your kids, by law, you don't get access to childcare and family tax benefits. You're the fucking prime minister. You should know this. Why are you catering to the conspiracy theory nutjobs? Tim Stewart has been a long-term friend of the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. And it is not a religious cult Tim Stewart has been involved with, but a conspiratorial ideology the FBI has identified as a driver of domestic terrorism in the United States. QAnon is a far-right political-religious conspiracy theory which raised the possibility Tim Stewart was able to get the Prime Minister, probably unknowingly, to include a hidden message to cult supporters in his apology to victims of sexual abuse in 2018. The crimes of ritual sexual abuse. To the brave victims and survivors of satanic ritual abuse. Well, at least this still isn't as bad as the time he addressed the Women's March for Justice rally. Not far from here, such marches even now are being met with bullets. 
If his lips are moving, then he's lying, 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 baby. News now. The Prime Minister has proven that his office has nothing to hide about the alleged rape of Brittany Higgins by dragging out freedom of information requests for internal documents for so long it's broken freedom of information laws. So, you know, totally non-suspicious behaviour from a guy who never lies. You ever told a lie in public life? I don't believe I have, no. No. (laughs) The request made by an anonymous member of the public asked for emails sent or received by a specific assistant secretary within a two-month window, which contained the keyword, Brittany. The Freedom of Information captured just 20 relevant documents. Weirdly, so far, only two of those documents have been released. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister has defended a government senator's move to investigate the ABC's complaint handling process, saying, and I quote, no government agency is above scrutiny. He then presumably added, at this point, I'm just testing to see how stupid you all are, and frankly, I'm quite delighted with the results. The ABC has accused the government of overreach and political interference after a Senate inquiry was announced last week into how the national broadcaster and SBS handle complaints. The chair of the ABC, Ita Butros, said the move, brought on by Liberal Senator Andrew Bragg, who's head of the Senate Communications Committee, quote, usurps the role of the ABC board, particularly as the ABC announced last month an independent review into its complaints process. Ida Butros has called on the Senate to suspend or terminate the inquiry when Parliament resumes. Jumping to the government's defence is the actual national broadcaster Sky News, where the independence of the ABC and Ida Butros' response were discussed by noted canine enthusiast Chris Kenny, talking to media writer for the Australian Sophie Ellsworth, who took time out of tweeting about fictional helicopters that were debunked by Victoria Police. But why on earth would she see that the Senate having a look at the same thing is some sort of threat to ABC independence? It it makes no sense. Chris, this has been a blistering and unprecedented attack by Ita Buttrose on the Morrison government and obviously comes at a very important time as we head into a federal election in the coming months. Uh, But I say with this situation, uh, if you've you've got nothing to fear, if you have nothing to hide. So I don't really see... So that then goes on for seven more minutes in total. Following which is Paul Murray talking to Michael Kroger, former Victorian Liberal Party president. She's fully lost to the collective now. Whatever hope there was that she was some sort of beacon of other, all over, mate. Well, mate, where do you begin? Ida, in in short, has Stockholm Syndrome and everyone knows what that means. That's another three minutes of demanding Ida Butrose apologise to Christian Porter and Donald Trump from the man who led the Victorian Liberal Party to a historic loss in the 2018 state election. When they when they started to apologise to when they finished apologising to Christian Porter and George Pell, can you please apologise, Ida, you and your mob, to to the Trump people? Then there's an eight-minute rant by Chris Kenny, which ends like this. Well, that just shows that Buttrose, like so many before her, has just become a captive of the organisation. Weird how this level of outrage isn't aimed at the Prime Minister's office for ignoring freedom of information orders. I guess poor Chris Kenny must be a captive of Sky News. 
That's all from this week's edition of News Weekly. If you like the podcast, please tell your friends. Go on iTunes and leave me a review. Give it a five-star rating if you can. That stuff really helps with the charts and the rankings and all of those metrics. Uh, you can find me on patreon.com slash samisha. That's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, where a text edition of News Weekly will also be released every week. See you right here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Weekly.